You know, this is the truth of the matter in this Awakening series. We're going to finish it next week. But here's the thing about life. I believe this. In life, you have a choice to make. And that choice is this. You're going to either worship Jesus or you're going to worship the world. There's no gray area. There's nothing in between. There's one thing that I know to be true. You're going to either worship Jesus or you're going to worship the world. I tell guys and people that I talk to, I say this to them often. I say, hey, listen, you want to worship the world? Go two feet in. Do it with everything. Don't be in this middle gray area, right? Because Scripture says that Jesus says, I spit the people that are in the gray area out of my mouth. Just go all in. Just go full sin. (laughs) And I'll pray for you to come out of it. And we'll call upon heaven for the church to you to come out of it. But I tell people, either do that or better yet, why don't you run after the one that's going to heal you, the one that's going to save you, the one that's going to restore you, the one that's going to keep you close to his heart, the one that's going to strengthen you when you're weak, when you're broken, and when you're hurting, and when you don't have answers. Why don't you run to that one? Why don't we live for Jesus? You're going to be tempted in this life. You're going to be tempted in this life. I believe this. You're going to be tempted to give your worship up to the world or to Jesus, to God. Luke 4, powerful scripture this morning. I want to read this. I'm not going to go very long, I promise. We're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to take communion together. If you have your Bibles, Luke 4, 1 through 13. This is Jesus. He is here on earth. He's about to go begin his ministry. But something powerful happens. Jesus is sent into the wilderness, it says, by God. He is sent by his Father, by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tested and to be tempted. To be tested and to be tempted. And it says this. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil. Jesus was fully God and fully man. We believe that. We believe that. So the way that he was tempted is the same way that we are tempted in this life to give up our worship. Catch that? Amen? Same way. He was tempted for 40 days. That's a long time. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. I love scripture. (laughs) I'd be hungry too after 40 days. I just love that scripture says it. And he was hungry. Just the way I read it. And when they ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said to him, to you I will give all authority and their glory. For it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Satan's acting like he owns the world. Satan's acting like he owns the kingdoms. Satan's acting like he's the man. He ain't the man. He's saying worship me and I will give you all of this. All this. If you are the son of man, I will, I will give you all of this if you just worship me. If you just worship me. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him. And him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, once again, throw yourselves down from here, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you and... On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, 
he departed from him until an opportune time. Jesus, these are your words. We pray right now, Jesus, in this short time that you will just allow for your spirit to really speak some truth into the hearts of each and every person in this place. Holy Spirit, open up ears to hear. The, the hearts of each and every person may it be good soil this morning, God. We need you. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If Jesus can be tempted in his worship, how much more can we be tempted in ours? See, Jesus is being tempted here by Satan, by the evil one. He's being tempted to give up his worship. He's being tempted to, to say, hey, you know what? I will worship Satan over my father. If Jesus can be tempted in this way, how much more are we prone to the attacks of the evil one in our lives? So much more. <laughs> there wasn't a, like a trick answer there. So much more. We are exposed as believers, as human beings here on this earth, as, uh, to give up our, our worship to the world instead of Jesus. We're tempted constantly. We're tempted constantly, tempted day in and day out, hour by hour, I believe it. We are tempted to give up our worship to God to worship this world. Satan is tempting Jesus to give up the promises of heaven for the pawn of hell. Satan is tempting Jesus to say, hey, if you are the son of God, denounce your father and worship me because I will give you all this. How many of you know this world, the things that this world has to offer, it's a pawn. Two of us. It's a pawn. It's not real. It's not lasting. It's not fulfilling. It's never going to give you the, the, the thing to fill the void that's deep within our hearts. You know what does? Jesus and his kingdom. And Satan is deceiving Jesus by saying, hey, worship me and I'll give you everything. I'll give you the world. He's saying, yo, just, just worship me. Just give up your worship. Don't lift your hands in church to the king of kings. Don't sing a little louder when the worship starts. Don't, don't praise me in the car when you're on your way to work. Don't praise me in the morning when you wake up. Don't praise him. Praise me. He's giving him a scheme of hell. He's presenting Jesus with an opportunity to worship the world or to worship the kingdom of heaven. We are so much the same way as this, as Jesus in these times. Can I be honest? You all awake this morning? We're going to worship Jesus or we're going to worship this world. There's no in between. Our worship will be the ultimate indicator of what we are pursuing, what we are running after, and what we believe to be truth in our lives. Satan will try to steal your worship. He will try to tell you that you can go ahead and worship anything. You guys ever, you guys ever feel that? I do. Something cool happens, something new's out there, something I think I need, I want to worship it. See, we think worship is just singing. No, worship is giving your attention to anything that's not of God. Better yet, worship is giving your attention to God, but it's also giving your attention to anything that's not of God. That's your worship. Giving your being to that thing. Giving your soul's adoration to that thing. Giving your heart's adoration to something. That's your worship. And Satan will tell you, worship anything. Today, your worship, we're going to learn is this. It's going to be your weapon. Your worship is your weapon. Worship will keep you center. Worship will keep you center. And ultimately, your worship will prepare you for what's ahead. Your worship will prepare you for what's ahead. Three things that I want to talk about this morning because I believe these are so important. First and foremost is this. Your worship, it's your weapon. We have a lot of weapons as believers. We have the word of God. Powerful. Double-edged sword, it says. You guys know this, right? It's a double-edged sword. 
You know what that means? That means that when things come at your life, when attacks start to happen, you can take these words and you can fight off the evil one and then you can declare them with the other edge what's, what's coming at you that it's not true. You can start to clear things over your life of what scripture has to say to you. This is a powerful tool. Fasting, what Jesus was doing, that's a powerful tool of worship. But you know what happens in worship and fasting? You begin to pray and worship. You begin to pray and sing. I believe Jesus was in the wilderness, and he was learning more about who his father was. He was being strengthened in his spirit because he knew what was ahead, but he was worshiping his father. I, I don't know about you, but when I'm fasting, right, when I'm fasting, the only thing I can do is cry out to my father. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> I need some food. But you know what? I need you more. So I'm going to worship you a little bit more so my spirit can get strengthened. I believe Jesus was being filled with God's presence. He was worshiping Jesus. And it was a weapon for him. Because who shows up in the story? Satan. Satan shows up. As Jesus is in a fasting period. Jesus is fasting. He's seeking the Lord. And then who shows up? The evil one. It's a powerful thing right there. It shows me something great. I don't have time to go into it, but when you're seeking after the Father with everything, guess what? You're doing something for the kingdom of God, and Satan's ticked off. So he's going to come at you. You say, you really believe what you believe? You really want what you just said? You're going to do these 40 days? You really believe it? Here, let me test you in it. And Jesus is like, uh-uh. No, nope, my worship is my weapon. See, Jesus was in a valley. I believe he was in the valley. It says he was in the wilderness. In my opinion, the wilderness is a valley. In the valleys of your life, let me just say this. If I could walk around, I would because you all are sleeping right now. In the valleys of your life, those are the most times you have to praise God. Jesus is in a wilderness. He's in a valley. I believe that. You know what scripture says? Even though I walk through the valley, it doesn't mean you're going to stay in the valley, but you've got to walk through it with praise and adoration because your praise is your worship. And Jesus says, whoa. God, you brought me out here. I know you're strengthening me. I know you're building me up. I know you're doing all these things. I'm, I feel like I'm in the valley, God. Father, I feel like I'm in the valley, but you know what? I'm going to keep praising you. I'm going to keep worshiping you. I don't care what's around me. I don't care what's coming at me. I don't care what I have. I'm coming after you, Jesus. You guys got to make the decision. I have to make the decision. Are we going to worship in the valley? Are we going to give in to the world? This is a simple concept, right? But oh, so hard. We're going to worship as a weapon in the valley. We're going to give in to the world and its weapons that want to kill your life. It's a question. But something happens in this first part here is Satan attacks Jesus with something. You know what he attacks him with? His identity. He attacks him with identity. You know what your worship does? It fights off Satan when he's trying to attack your identity. Some of you in this room this morning, I really believe it. I th believe it more than ever in the church. I preach at a lot of different places. I see it a lot of different places. Trust me. You know what the one thing that Satan tries to attack you with people with? Identity. Telling them who they are. Telling them what they should believe. Telling them how they should act. Instead of people saying, no, 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 I listen to my father and what he has to say about me and who I am. I'm a son of God. I'm not a son of this world. I've been bought by a price. It's called Calvary in an empty tomb. But Satan tempts Jesus twice. He says, hey. If you are the son of man. Right before this in the chapter, right before, God tells Jesus. It says in Luke 33, 22, it says, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. That was declared over Jesus' life right before this happens. 
Right after he had uh, the identity of who he was, Satan hits him exactly where he needs to be hit. Testing him in that area, saying, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you really believe in this Jesus, if you really think you're saved, if you really think you've been bought with a price, if you really think this, see, it happens all the time. Satan spews words at your identity. All He does for me. Can I be honest? JP, you're not that gifted. JP, you shouldn't be leading this church. JP, you shouldn't be helping people because you can't even help yourself. JP, you're lost. JP, you're broken. Jesus didn't make you old. And you know what? I got to say, uh, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to begin to worship Jesus, the one that gives me my identity, the one that told me who I am, the one that promised me that I have a life and a life abundant, that he that began a good work in me is going to carry it to completion. I don't know. I'm going to start walking. I don't know. Some of you all got to get your identities in check with Jesus Christ. Some of you need to start worshiping, and when you worship Jesus, you start to know who you are. Jordan said it best, you got to worship when you don't feel like it. You got to worship when you don't feel good. When the bank account says zero. When that relationship's at the end of its rope, and you're just holding on so tight, like, please, Jesus, I have not married yet. I'm single. I'm ready to be married. Please just give it to me. He's like, yo, I'm trying to break this off for you. Worship him. Stop worshiping the world. When you worship the world, you're going to get the identity of the world. Church today, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the world today, of the church world. Showing in like, I'm a son of God, yay. And then walking out of here and going to live like the world. Should have had another week off. Should have had another week off. Your worship's your weapon. So turn the music on in your car. When you wake up in the morning, get your word out. You stayed out all night, then wake up still. You're out with friends, having a barbecue, doing whatever you're doing, hitting the club, whatever. Hope you weren't, but bless you, we love you. <laughs> I could say a lot of things, I'm not. Get in the word. Get on your knees. Let the heavens start to clear the things over your life that need to be declared over your life. Let heaven start to tell you who you are. Let heaven start to tell you, ladies, let heaven start to tell you your value and your worth. So when that man does come around that is a godly man, you won't be missing it. Men, rise up as mighty men. Let the Lord of heaven speak over you. Yo, you're a mighty son of God. You don't got to play the way the world plays. You got to play the world the way I play. And that's a kingdom man. But you got to worship. You got to use the worship as a weapon. Jesus used worship as a weapon in the wilderness to fight off Satan, to fight him off. He says, You're not going to steal my identity. You're not going to steal who I am. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise my God a little louder. I'm going to shout out some scriptures that I said. He says, You shall not worship, you shall worship the Lord and serve him only. That's Jesus' response. What is that? Scripture from the Old Testament. Jesus knew the word. And he started to declare the word towards the one that was shouting lies at him. you got to use your worship to fight. It's the greatest weapon we have, one of the greatest weapons we have. Will you today allow your worship to fight for you? Will you? The second thing is this. Your worship keeps you centered. <laughs> centered. Centered. Come on, don't act like you don't know what centered means. All of us today in this day and age, like... The whole, like, centered, centered. 
I love yoga in the sense of I don't love what it all has to deal with, but I like stretching and all that good stuff. <laughs> I don't look good in it. Let me just tell you that much. Not an image you want to see very often. But I love that people in this world are always like, yo, I just want to be centered. I just want to, I want to be centered in life. I just, yo, can I be honest with you? The only thing that's going to center you is Jesus Christ. No man's words, no little program, not even yoga, not even any other video online that's going to keep you centered. No, no words of anything else except the word of God and the worship of Jesus Christ is going to keep you centered. You know, I'm tired of culture invading the church. I'm going to start invading culture. And guess what? My culture, my king says this, yo, your worship will keep you centered. Your worship will keep you centered. Your worship will bring you back to what God has said for you, what he's going to do for you, and what he has done for you. Catch that? When you worship Jesus, even when you don't feel like it, it brings you back to the heart of God. It brings you back to the center of God's heart. So when you're in the presence of God, you can't be getting hit left and right. You're just centered and you're firm in the kingdom of God. Because worship brings you right back to the feet of Jesus. Jesus says it right then. He, he, he knows that, hey, Satan, you're trying, to, you're trying to knock me off the path that which my father has for me. And he says, no, I'm going to worship. Because Satan says what to him? He says, hey, just worship me. He tries to knock him off course. You catch that? Satan's trying to knock Jesus off course, and Jesus just says, no. I'm not going to worship you. I'm going to worship my father. I'm going to worship the one that's going to fight for me. I'm going to worship the one that's actually going to come heal me when I am sick. When I am broke, he's going to provide for me. I'm going to actually the worship, uh, worship the one that's going to bring me the right spouse. I am going to worship the one that's going to heal my marriage. I am going to worship the one that's going to fix my relationship issues. I am, the one, I am going to worship the one that's going to heal my, my mind because my mind's just crazy all the time. And I have these weird, crazy thoughts. And the world tells me, oh, you'll never be healed. You'll never be fixed. No, Jesus is going to fix my mind because I'm going to worship him. He's going to keep me centered. My wife's looking at me like, stop walking, please. We have one more day with this cast. One more day. It's done. I'm cutting it off after this. But I'm being honest with you all. You know what sets a church on fire? People that get back to the heart of God. No cool gimmicks. No cool screens. No cool stuff. People desperately pursuing the heart of God, trying to get to God's heart day in and day out, hour by hour, minute by minute. You stumble and you fall, guess what? His grace picks you up and you keep running after him. You keep pursuing him. You fall again, he picks you back up. You keep going towards him. You keep running towards him. It keeps you centered. It keeps you centered. It doesn't, worship will never, I, I really believe this. I want to say this right. I want to say it the way that it's in my heart right now. Worship you can never be in worship if you're truly pursuing God, if you're pursuing running after God. When you're in worship, when you're just crying out to God, when you're in prayer, when you're just seeking the Father's heart, you can't be shaken. I, I, I do believe this. I do. There's moments when I have to sit down as worship's going because I'm just thinking everything else. I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. I'm looking around the room, trying, and there's times I just got to shut my eyes and close my eyes and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm here with you right now. I'm here with you right now. I'm with you and you only. And you know when you do that? Watch him move in your life. Watch him speak peace that surpasses all understanding. Watch him give him guidance and wisdom over your life that no one could ever give you. That's what worship does. And Jesus knew it. 
He knew it. Because Satan says to him, hey, listen, I'll give you the world. Your worship will keep you centered. You don't need the world. <laughs> you don't need the world. Jesus shows us. He says, I'll give you everything. And Jesus says, uh-uh, it's cool. I got what's right. My king, my father in heaven. You want the world or you want Jesus? Does this make sense this morning? Okay. Third thing is this. And we're going to worship. Your worship will prepare you for what's ahead. You got something down the pipeline. You got something coming up. You got some things happening. You got some trials that you're facing. Your worship will prepare you for what's ahead. Don't praise when you get to the storm. Praise before the storm. You try to praise God while you're in the storm, you miss the opportunity to praise him before you get to the storm. I've done it many times in my life. I get in the jam, and now I'm praising God. Now I'm praying to God. God, help me, please. I'm here now. I'm in this. I need your help. Why? Why didn't I praise him when it was in the good time? Why didn't I praise him before the storm came? Why didn't I praise him every single day of every hour of every minute? Worship prepares you for what's ahead. Jesus knew that his father was leading him into the wilderness. He said, okay, I'll go. Obedience, Jesus' obedience caused him to go in the wilderness. And as he goes, he's get, he gets tempted. He spends 40 days fasting and praying, 40 days worshiping, 40 days. That's a long time to fast. I would be like, yo, you could turn that stone into bread. There would be a thought in my mind a little bit like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Don't all laugh and be like, oh, my gosh, he's the pastor. You all do it too. 40 days, not eating, you'd be like, ah, bread sounds really good right now. But Jesus is like, no, I know what I'm going after. I know what I'm here to do. I know what my calling is. I know what my purpose is. Some of you are giving up your worship because you don't know what your purpose is. You know what your purpose is? To be a light to this world, to be salt to this world, to be a witness of Jesus Christ for what he's done in your life, how he's radically transformed your life, how he's taken your old self and he's given you a new life, a brand new beginning. That's your purpose here on earth. Everything else is just a byproduct of what that is. And it keeps you going. It keeps you going. And I'm going to close with this. I don't have, I'm out of time. But verse 13, it says this. It says, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. I've never read that like that. See, I thought Jesus overcame the temptations and it was done, right? Anybody else ever read it that way? Me. 40 days, right? He's tempted, he's good, now he's going to go start his ministry. Because the right next very couple verses, it's Jesus beginning his ministry. But it says something. It says, he departed from him until an opportune time. What does that say to me? What does it say to you? Satan was going to come back at Jesus. See, Satan just doesn't tempt you once. He's going to keep coming at you. If you're pursuing Jesus, he's going to keep coming at you. He's going to say, do you really believe this? Do you really trust him? Do you really have faith to believe him to do this? Do you really? Those thoughts will plague your mind all the time. But Jesus' worship shows me that he didn't listen to the evil one. He kept Going all the way to the cross. All the way to the cross. All the way. He didn't look to the left or to the right. He kept his eyes fixed on his calling. He kept his eyes fixed on his father. And he said, this is what you have for me so that I can redeem my children. I'm not going to look to the right or to the left. I'm not going to look to the world. My worship is going to keep me focused. It's going to keep me centered. And you know what? I'm going to keep worshiping you, my God, because things are going to come my way. You think Jesus lived a perfect life? You think everybody liked him? 
People hated that dude. They called him everything under the sun. They spit on him. They kicked him. He had to leave towns because they didn't welcome him. We think that Jesus was this cool dude walking around like, yo, everybody's like, woo! People hated him. It's just the gospel. This isn't like he's like this like superstar, megastar, peep. No. But you know what? He worshiped through the storms. He kept his eyes fixed on his father. He says, yo, I got a purpose here on earth. I got something great to do. And each and every one of you have something great to do. Will you choose to keep your eyes on the one that's going to see you to do it? Or will you give up your calling? Will you give up your purpose? Because you want to worship the world that has nothing to offer you. Until the next time. Until the next time. Isaiah 41.13 says this, and we're going to pray. For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God. And I say to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. Isaiah 43.13. For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God. And I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. If you don't have a reason to worship, you have a reason to worship. His name is Jesus. But if you need another reason, that's a good one. He's going to hold your hand through the storms. He's going to hold your hand through the trials. He's going to hold you through, even close to you when you're, when you're experiencing the worst of worst. He's going to see you through it. Will you continue to give him your worship? Because he's promised that he's going to hold your hand. Will you hold his hand back?